Welcome to the Paleo View. I'm Stacy Toth, best-selling author and co-creator of PaleoParents.com, where we focus on real-life solutions for families seeking help. I'm Dr. Sarah Ballantyne, New York Times best-selling author and creator of the Paleomom.com. I'm passionate about improving scientific literacy around public health topics. I like hashtags and bone broth. And I'm just a super nerd. Well, as promised, we're back. Can you believe that? <laughs> Time warp. Yeah. It's fun, <laughs> right? Yeah. We're actually recording this episode in advance because, uh, Stacey, by the time this airs, you will be frolicking in California. Fro- frolicking? With frolicking is, is going to be the, the technical term, I believe, for what you're going to be doing. You could be playing with whales right now. You could be getting sorted into your houses at Hogwarts right now. You could be driving around in some kind of crazy cool Batmobile. There could be all kinds of frolicking right now, but it's all, it's all frolicking. Actually, according to my calendar, I will be like in the air flying into San Francisco for this podcast. So we'll be frolicking on a plane. Frolicking on a plane. Finn is so excited to go in an airplane i keep telling him like trying to lower his expectations because i'm afraid he's gonna be disappointed i'm like you know most of the time it's just staring at the seat in front of you (laughs) so i have traveled air traveled a lot with my girls because we've you know lived that hundred you know thousands of miles away from them ever since they were born from our family so um so we've done i mean even when my oldest was born. I think that first year I took like four trips alone with her, um, to go visit family. And then it <laughs> was untenable and it, it became fewer and fewer, but we go at least once a year still. And it's like completely across from the, the Southeast corner of America to the West coast of Canada. So it's a, you know, huge travel day. And my kids still get super excited and they're, they're just like, vibrating and you'll be like waiting in line at TSA and the kids are just like, what's that? What's that? And they just want to talk about all the, they're just huge bundles of curiosity and energy. Um, and they, they, they'll, they'll make it more interesting for you because they'll ask you lots of questions and they'll, you'll get to observe things that you might otherwise just have been, you know, playing Pokemon go on your phone or whatever. And airports are great for Pokemon go. (laughs) Just good to know. I mean, I'm just saying, We've had a resurgence in Pokemon Go enthusiasm due to the recent upgrades. Okay. And Finn has also informed me that in California, they have the best Pokemon and he's the most looking forward to Pokemon going in California. And I'm like, Finn, I'm going to need your head to not be in a phone the whole time we're there. <laughs> You're going to have a limit yeah, of 20 Pokemon a day. Something like that. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, so there's that. Um, But given that we really haven't had much update, perhaps I should wind this down a little and say that while we start this podcast with much joy, we are going to lead into what is kind of a, a sad show and not sad because we want it to be sad, but because sometimes people have health issues and they 
it's emotional and they feel bad about it. And I've talked about feeling sad on the show many times before. And I want to encourage everyone to embrace their feelings, whatever it is, so that you can acknowledge them in order to move on and, and conquer them if you want to. I think that's you know, one of the biggest things for me with blogging, and I, I know Sarah, you and I have talked about this before, is it's it's an outlet. That's how we started um, being honest and open on the internet wasn't necessarily because we thought that we would, or at least me, it wasn't my intention to have like a big blog that, that like strangers would be reading, um, millions of strangers would be reading, but rather that it was an outlet for me. And so I'm hoping that today's show can be an outlet from our listener who um, gave us a really honest and um, heartfelt note that you felt moved by and, and you wanted to address to tackle some of the emotional issues that can sometimes go along with, with the health component. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So this is, I think, um, you know, as you alluded to a, um, more intense question, um, really than I think maybe we've ever tackled on the show. Um, but I felt like there's a lot of really important discussion that we can have around this question. Um, because health journeys aren't always smooth. It's not always, you know, I'm just, I, I made these changes and I'm getting better and better and better. And there's so many, stories within the paleo movement that are these, you know, amazing, you know, miracle success stories. And, um, and there, there are, I mean, there are just amazing stories. And, you know, like I've, I've said before, I I had this one email once from, um, a young man who had reactive arthritis and was in a wheelchair within three days of following the autoimmune protocol was able to walk again. Um, those stories I think can, when you're not having that amazing experience, those stories, instead of being inspirational, can be very demoralizing because you end up going, well, what am I doing wrong? Why aren't I having that success? Um, And so I think that it's really important to acknowledge within this community that, you know, paleo and the autoimmune protocol are not cure-alls. They're not miracles. They can't actually fix everything. Um, and also that not every health situation is straightforward. There can be very complex health situations and it, it's, um, I think it's really important to remember, um, that, you know, healing is not always an easy road. It's not, doesn't always come easily to everyone. And, um, and I think I, I just wanted to, to read this question and, and really take some time to acknowledge that, um, it's, it's not all magic success stories. And I think I, I really want to speak to, um, our listeners who are maybe feeling a little in the weeds with their health. Um, and I know that, you know, it was, I mean, the, the great analogy that I can make is, you know, when you're, I, I mean, I, Stacey and I were both morbidly obese, um, pre paleo and, and our, the, at, before our, our health journeys. And, um, you know, I, I'm sure you can remember 
the person who you know went on a diet and lost tons of weight and looked absolutely amazing and the way that that instead of making us feel inspired it made us feel worse about ourselves it certainly did for me um and that's different than not feeling happy for my friend or whatever who figured out something that worked really well for them um but what it did for me was erode my confidence even more and make me feel even more defeated in my own health journey. And so I feel like by talking about this question and maybe acknowledging that um, it's not always easy. And even within some of these success stories, you're only hear, you're hearing the before and after and you don't hear about the year and a half in the middle that was ups and downs. Um, sometimes that's kind of glossed over. It's not all amazing. And I, I'm hoping that by acknowledging that, um, we can maybe help encourage everyone who's listening, who's maybe feeling a little, you know, frustrated and, and defeatist about their own health journeys. Um, cause I really want to encourage people to keep, keep, the pursuit, keep working, keep searching for solutions, keep advocating for yourself, keep communicating with your doctors, find a new doctor if that doctor won't listen, um, and don't give up. And I think that's really, really important. And, um, and I would hate for, um, having too shiny of an outlook on everything to, like for that to mean that somebody gives up because I think that would be tragic. So, so should I, should, should I read this question? Are you ready? Yeah. All right. So this email is from Larissa and Larissa writes, This email is a shot in the dark, but I figure I have nothing to lose. I have Hashimoto's and have never had classic hypothyroid symptoms. However, my labs indicate subclinical hypothyroidism. Every time I try to take thyroid hormone replacement, I get extremely sick with what seems like possibly an autoimmune response. Flu-like symptoms, including chills, feeling feverish, but no fever, extreme fatigue, general malaise, nausea, mood and mental changes, inflammation, heart palpitations, swollen thyroid. When I stay on the medication long enough, I eventually get hyperthyroid symptoms as well, although my labs always show subclinical hypothyroidism even on medication. Usually when I come off of medication, I eventually feel better again. However, this time I have not gotten better and in fact gotten worse with all over body aches, digestive problems, thyroid enlargement like I've never experienced before, panic attacks, respiratory problems. It's been almost four months. I've tried almost every type of thyroid medication. I've seen GPs, naturopaths, integrative doctors, OBGYNs, endocrinologists, reproductive endocrinologists, and internists. I've done countless research, the AIP diet and supplements. It's been years. The reason I am pursuing this so aggressively is A, that I have very little quality of life. I can barely do anything. And B, I would like to get pregnant in the near future, which may require me to be on thyroid medication. It's come to the point where it seems I've come to the end of the knowledge of all the doctors I've seen. 
Because of your background in medical research, Sarah, I was wondering, is it possible to hire someone in medical research, I would guess in immunology, to look into an individual case? I live in Canada, in Toronto. It's the only thing I can think of at this point, but I realize it may be totally ridiculous. I'd be very curious to know your thoughts on this. Thanks for your time, Larissa. So, um, I mean, as we both mentioned earlier, I think the, you know, the difficult thing here is that Larissa's doing everything she can think of or that we would really usually recommend seeing, you know, a variety of medical professionals, um, focusing on diet as well as supplement, um, that sort of thing. The only kind of points that I could additionally make to her is it sounds like she's very stressed. And one of the things that I know was a huge component in my recovery from autoimmune and even now today, the things that cause flares is a stress, lack of sleep and lifestyle factors, um, more so than, um, most foods. So for me, I would, I would definitely, um, see if there are things that she can do, um, like those sensory deprivation floating pools, um, can be really good for stress release, um, yoga, walking, getting sunshine. Um, it's not to say that she's not trying these things. It's just not necessarily pointed out. So I would definitely think about the lifestyle factors as well as, you know, adding in the nutrient dense foods like liver and extra vegetables. But if she's already doing those things or she's tried them and they aren't making a difference, you know, the, the difficult thing here is that sometimes people's genetic disposition or things that have happened to them in their life cause these things. And it sometimes takes a long time. I remember, Sarah, when you were doing the paleo approach research, didn't you say it's an average of seven years for someone to have an autoimmune diagnosis? Um, it's something like that. I don't remember exactly. Um, Whatever but there it was, was, it was like a ridiculous. Yeah. So there's um, the stat that I I use fairly often is that um, more than half of people who are later diagnosed with a serious life-threatening autoimmune disease are labeled as hypochondriacs when they first start seeking medical help, which to me is it's all right. It's all crazy. I mean, I, I mean, I have friends who took decades to get a diagnosis and I, you know, personally was diagnosed with Hashimoto's at age 37 and my symptoms started at puberty. (laughs) So, you know, it's, it's very, very common for, um, it to be a long, long road for diagnosis. Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't know that I have much more to add. I know you had some things that you wanted to talk about from the community and the support perspective. So I'll let you address that, but I don't know what else I can say. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, um, I, I think first the, the actual question that Larissa has is, you know, can a medical researcher look at someone's chart and, um, give feedback? And and the answer is no, not legally. Um, Having a PhD and being a medical research is not a license um, to be able to to do that. Now, some doctors 
will, you know, especially doctors who have research programs may have PhDs um, that they, you know, professors that they uh, collaborate with, and they will have they will have the ability to ask someone's opinion on your medical history and your chart, but um, it's not possible um, in America or in Canada. I don't know about other countries to hire a medical researcher to um, give you medical advice. Um, it's you know we we can go to prison. Like it's it's really 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 illegal for, for us to do that. Um, so that being said, um, you know, finding a medical professional who is, um, plugged into research can be very, very helpful. Um, you know, she mentioned that she's already seen integrative doctors, um, integrative and functional medicine is, has a lot of overlap but, um, not always. And so finding, um, especially an MD who has a functional medicine background, um, and can take a bigger picture view and can look at things, um, from both the nutrition standpoint and the, you know, adrenal function and the hormone standpoint, and maybe look at some other alternatives to the classic thyroid meds that may be really helpful. Um, the, there is a thought, I mean, there certainly are people who have adverse reactions to thyroid meds. And so one of the things that I do sort of want to say is a, a really good practitioner doesn't just go by the numbers. They go by the numbers plus symptoms. Um, and I have a very good friend with Hashimoto's thyroiditis who, um, feels best and has the lowest symptoms when her numbers are right at the bottom end of the lab range. And if her dose of her thyroid meds go higher than that and she creeps up into what most people would think is still the low end of the normal range, she gets hyperthyroid symptoms. So, um, you know, it may just be Larissa that that's something that's happening in you and you're, you just do better um, with lower thyroid numbers. That being said, um, some of the things that Larissa hasn't mentioned that I just kind of want to throw out there as ideas for things to pursue with her team of medical professionals is looking at iodine levels. So, um, iodine deficiency and iodine excess can cause problems. Um, and there is still this old school of thought about, um, supplementing with iodine, and that can actually be really problematic. So if iodine's on your supplement regimen, or if you don't know, if you've never had your iodine tested, uh, pursuing that, because that definitely changes how your body responds to thyroid meds. Um, there's, um, I don't know how accessible compounding pharmacies are in Canada, because that's something that I didn't, I mean, didn't have a medical professional who was going to order specially compounded uh, stuff for me when I was still lived in Canada. Um, but you know, there are a lot of options beyond, you know, Synthroid and Armor and Nature Throid, um, because you can, you can do compounded formulations. Sometimes it's not actually the drug, but a filler. Um, and so that's where compounded, you know, something like a compounded, uh, bioidentical would allow you to 
really control exactly what's in the filler and what's in the capsule. Um, the other thing is, um, looking at the pituitary gland. So sometimes what look like thyroid issues aren't, it's an issue with the pituitary gland. And the other thing that I wanted to mention I, that is that Graves disease, which is hyperthyroidism can have these ups and downs with thyroid functions. So you go high and then you go low and then you go high and then you go low. And, um, and that can complicate diagnosis and treatment a lot. So having a conversation about could this actually be Graves and not Hashimoto's, um, would be a good one. And then knowing that stress, um, nutrient sufficiency, sleep, sex hormones, they all feed into the thyroid and the thyroid feeds into all of them. So, um, you know, Stacey was talking about, um, uh, what are they called? Sensory deprivation tanks. And, um, and so stress, stress management can be sometimes the missing piece, especially with, with thyroid function. Um, and I know that's sort of frustrating because it, stress management is not just a, it's, it's not a overnight thing, but, you know, having adrenal gland function evaluated may be very, very helpful in sort of understanding exactly what's going on there, if that's a factor. Um, but mostly I, you know, I just wanted to tell Larissa that, um, you are absolutely doing an amazing job of finding specialists. I know, um, you know, having to get referrals from the primary care physician, it's a very different system in Canada compared to America. Um, and you know, I know that can be very frustrating and there's much longer wait times typically in Canada compared to America. Um, for, for our American listeners, um, the Canadian healthcare system works very similarly to an HMO. Um, so where a primary care physician makes recommendations to specialists, but coordinates your care, um, as opposed to like a PPO where you would just say, Hey, I feel like going to see an endocrinologist today and you would call one up. So it's, um, that that's sort of how the Canadian healthcare system works. And, and, um, and I, I know that it must be, it's, it's so frustrating to feel terrible and to not feel like you have answers. Um, you know, I definitely think that there's the possibility of some more testing that could help Larissa understand. I mean, I think it's really important to understand, um, if there's something causing the hyperthyroid type symptoms with, um, thyroid hormone replacement. Um, and, um, and I'm, I just, you know, I, I wish I had, like, I wish that I could read this question and be like, Oh, it's gotta be this, go get tested for this. And here's this, you know, here's this great thing. Um, but I, I really just wanted to use this show as an opportunity to say, um, you know, you're, you're, you're being your own advocate and you're continuing your pursuit and you're not giving up. And that is the most important thing that you can do for yourself. And, um, and that, that makes you a hero and 
you know, please don't give up. Please keep looking for answers because they're out there. Um, and I know it can be a long and frustrating road. And I know that feeling sick and tired all the time is awful. Um, but you, you've got this, keep, keep fighting. And I'm sorry that we don't have answers for you, but somebody does. And you just need to keep working on finding that person. Yeah. I'm going to cry. Like this is, I I know I can hear that. Um, you know, we each have Sarah and I each have our own health journeys. And while I too have thyroid disease, um, I feel much more like, um, some of the other ones that I have have disrupted my life and my health more. Um, so to me, I, I completely understand and identify with, you know, feeling like you're trying to grasp what's, what's going on and not being able to handle it. And there was, there was also a period of time where I was doing what I believed to be AIP and wasn't really receiving a lot of relief from symptoms and was feeling very frustrated. And it caused me to get even more stressed and and upset about the whole thing. And I remember Sarah, we had a conversation and I don't know if it was on or off air, but you really had a heart to heart with me about stress. And it was like a light bulb just kind of went off. And it didn't matter how many times people had told me that I was doing too much, or I was too stressed out, or I was type A, or, you know, whatever. Um, It didn't matter how many articles I'd read about how much stress affected my health. It was like, sometimes you just, you know, you have a light bulb moment. And you had that conversation with me about, about stress and about how, it just wasn't going to get better for me unless I allowed my body a break to to heal. And so for me, I just really want to encourage Larissa to find whatever that light is for her, quote unquote. And that doesn't mean that there's necessarily going to be something that just clicks and things feel better. But I think, you know, I, I, I definitely think that um, finding the positive side of things or thinking positive or telling yourself that, you know, when you wake up in the morning, like today is going to be a great day. Um, it's difficult to find that positivity positivity when you are feeling down. But the more you tell yourself that, the more you'll actually feel it. And emotions can sometimes also, you know, be linked to physical health as well. So that's not to say that you know, my answer, I don't mean to say, well, just tell yourself that you feel better and you will. Um, But for me, I know that when I'm down, and that's why, you know, I openly talked about um, being, uh, starting taking depression medication a couple of months ago. For me, um, it was one of the things that was definitely causing an autoimmune flare as well, that that stress is both, you know, emotional and physical. And it was causing my hair to fall out. It was, it was causing some other things. So, you know, I, the more that you can find a community or find an outlet for yourself to feel like you can breathe and relax and, you know, feel comfortable in your own skin, um, it will help you find that quality of life. It doesn't have to be physical. You know, there, there are people who are disabled. There are people that, you know, have it worse than any, any one of us. I just try to remind myself of that and, and try to find the positive. So the more that you can do that, I hope the more that you can um, feel better. And there's a lot of different mechanisms out there um, that I tried and, and that I know are available on the internet for 
um, you know, positive relief. Matt actually does a bunch of um, these kinds of exercises in the wintertime because he has seasonal depression. And it's one of the things that his therapist has him do, um, you know, not only light therapy, but there's, you know, stress relief kind of activities that you can read about on the internet. If that's a thing for you or for any of our listeners, I know it's definitely a problem for me. Yeah, I like that you touched on, um, you know, some of the common things that can be holding us back more from the complementary perspective of diet and lifestyle is um, inefficient digestion. So we're spending all this money on really great food and we're not absorbing it. Um, uh, So then talking to a healthcare provider about uh, digestive enzymes as supplements can be very, very helpful or like an all-in-one digestive support supplement that has a little bit of hydrochloric acid, a little bit of ox bile in it. Um, but there are situations where those are not a great idea. So definitely talk with a healthcare provider first, um, stress, not getting enough sleep. Um, you know, unfortunately one of the things that happens with low thyroid is we're tired all the time and we, um, don't sleep as well. So quality of sleep is more of a challenge, um, usually than quantity for somebody with hyperthyroid. Um, not always, uh, there can also be insomnia, but, um, you know, working on sleep, um, and working on nutrient density. So, you know, really working on organ meats and seafood and shellfish and seaweeds, uh, provided you're not high iodine, and lots and lots of vegetables. Um, however, your body seems to tolerate them best. So if that's pureed in soups, that's great. If it's smoothies, that's great. If it's salad, that's, that's great. So, you know, however, however you enjoy getting them in. Um, and then, um, you know, if Larissa is really struggling to, uh, find someone to work with, um, I do have a consulting company called the Paleo Mom Consulting, who is, you know, people that I've chosen because they're smart, smart, amazing people who are licensed professionals who actually can work with people and help people and can work internationally um, and long distance. Um, and you can find out more about them from the paleomom.com forward slash consulting. Um, and I do have a functional medicine specialist on my team who, so if you're, um, have, um, you know, if you, you have some testing that, that doctors are, are not doing like adrenal testing is sometimes something that a lot of, of doctors won't do. Um, that's something that you could order through him. So, um, th- that's an option. It's, um, a little bit more challenging, I think, to, to, get into that level of, of detail long distance, but it is possible. Um, but I, you know, I just really want to tell Larissa that, um, our hearts go out to her and we're wishing her all the best. I, I have nothing more to add. You said it as, as best I can. And I hope that, um, it's been helpful and, um, I want to thank Clarissa for reaching out to us. And I hope that in reaching out to whomever else you also reached out to that, you know, you've been able to find um, something to help you. One of the things that's really hard for me is um, women who say they'd like to get pregnant. Um, I think I have this like personal guilt because I was very fertile while also being very unhealthy. 
and um, it it's uh, it breaks my heart to hear that people who want to start a family ha- that have health issues with it. So I will be thinking of you and hoping that things go well. And um, it's just my my own personal. I know you, Sarah, you identified with with the Hashi as part of it, and while yeah. I while I get all of that. Um, the symptoms that I had health wise were, were more along um, other autoimmune diseases I have. And I just, I wish you all the best, Larissa, please keep in touch and, and let us know um, how it's going after the podcast airs so that we can hopefully keep in touch with you. Yeah, please do. Um, and for everyone else out there, don't give up, keep being your own health advocate, keep seeking solutions And thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to The Paleo View. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to rate us on iTunes. You can also support us by shopping for our favorite paleo products on the sidebars of our individual websites or by donating through PayPal. Okay. We found the culprit. Kicked out the cat. Cats. (laughs) Paleo view most frequently special guest. That's <laughs> so true. So true. Much more often than a lizard. Oh, we are living every crazy cat woman stereotype right now.